And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Garage Sale Blow. I'm Chris Honeywell. And I make my living going to garage sales, buying other people's junk, and selling it on eBay. And these are my adventures! Anyway, um, since the last time I recorded one of these shows, it's been a little more than a week. Um, I took a week off from garage selling. Memorial Day weekend is traditionally just the shittiest garage selling ever around here. Everybody goes out of town. And maybe if, if you drive for a long, long way towards more vacation destinations, you'll find more garage sales, but it's a lot of gas and a lot of time. Plus, I got a gig working at a rib competition festival type of thing, and who's going to pass up um, money, for one, <laughs> and just a huge selection of the shittiest for you, but most delicious food ever, you know, the sort of creme de la creme of junk food surrounding me, and just regular junk food. There are a lot of deep fried Oreos and chocolate covered um, Rice Krispie treats and stuff like that to be had, bacon that was made into candy, so that was a, a good way to spend a weekend. Um, but um, since then, I went garage selling yesterday, which was the following Saturday, or no, Friday, I'm sorry. It was a Friday, and it was probably like 179 degrees here or something, and muggy, and not a lot of good garage shelling, but I'm going to get to that story in a couple minutes. First, I'm going to catch you up with some of the stuff that's been on, on eBay that I talked about in the in the last episode, and um, one thing I, I, in my whole list of things I think I went through on the last episode that I forgot that I'd gotten was um, this wall clock. It was a lime green oval wall clock with a digital display, and I'm, and I'm going to say digital in quotes, because as I came to found out, find out it's not a true, you know, like LCD or LED readout. It was a mechanical process that would make these digital numbers. And... It was very 70s looking, this very 70s lime green color. Um, and uh, my roommate, it was when I'd gone garage sailing with my roommate, and she was, I saw her pick it up, sort of give it the fish eye, and then put it back down. I was instantly interested in this clock because it reminded me of um, last year when I'd gotten, <clears throat> and it looked really crappy, this thing at another garage sale. It was a... Uh, Oh, little tiny, it was probably four inches square, maybe even less, maybe like two and a half, three inches square. And it was a digital alarm clock, but it was a talking alarm clock. And it was from the 80s. And it was in really cheesy packaging, you know, cheap. It looked like a, a cheap novelty product, but it was like 50 cents and I picked it up. And it turned out that Yes, it did. It would say, you know, the time is blah, 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 in that really bad Simon. Was it Simon? Um, or was it Milton, maybe? Um, but, you know, that really bad 80s synthesized voice thing. And that sucker went for $85. So now all of a sudden I'm interested. 
and these kinds of clocks, these old retro sort of futuristic looking clocks, 70s futuristic. So, you know, I asked the guy, does it work? And he's like, well, let's plug it in. He plugs it in and it's got this red digital display. But when I look up really close at it, it's just really, you know, space age, you know, digital numbers. They're made up of the shape of a stylized bunch of grapes you know there's the grapes below and then sort of the vine and leaves above very tiny and uh he goes oh and you set the time down here and he turns this little dial and i hear pieces of paper flipping inside of so all of a sudden that reminds me of these old 70s futuristic clocks that had a lot of you have probably seen them they they basically have a rotating drum inside with pieces of paper like a rolodex in it and you know, as they turn, the time just sort of flips down. They're 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 really kind of neat, and uh, so it reminded me of that. So I'm like, wow, this is a digital clock, but it has a mechanical process to to do the readout. So I asked him how much. He said a dollar. I said for a dollar, I can't go wrong. Now I bring this up because I forgot to mention it last time, and it's so far it's the biggest find of the summer. I got a hundred and sixty-five dollars from it from a one dollar um you know cost and that's awesome um i didn't i i was thinking maybe it would go for like 30 or 40 dollars because i looked up it was it, the the name of the clock was a luma time not illuma time luma time it was a luma time clock um by this japanese company called tamara so i looked it up on ebay and I found a lot of alarm clocks that had um, radios on them that were like bedside clocks by this company that had the same sort of futuristic readout, the same process, and they all have this like hypnotic spiral on the on the right side that just keeps turning, and it has a little dot that just shows up in a circle around it every five seconds. And uh, those were going from between forty to a hundred and fifty dollars. But they were all these, you know, just square or rectangular, very, very bedside clock looking things. And this one was doesn't didn't have an alarm on it. It just told the time and was made to hang on a kitchen wall and was not very complicated. It was just a, a regular sort of oval frame around it with you know, lime green. But awesome. My uh, my other great find and eBay conquest was those stupid littlest pet shop toys. Uh, if you recall, the little bobblehead things that little girls buy. And they're one of those things that they come in the in the little um, foil packages and you don't know which one you're getting. So it's, it's one of those things. And I got $105 for that. I'm not going crazy over that yet because they haven't paid me yet. And they only have like a feedback at 10 so that that you know i have a feeling this this could be a case of, of uh buyer's remorse on this one which means it'll be a little pain in the ass and i'll have to relist it if i do relist it i don't think i'll get 105 dollars again for it i think that's a fluke there were only 80 of them and i usually saw auctions of would average about a dollar a little mutant pet so I'll probably put it up again and get like $70, $80 for it, which whatever, I co they cost me $8. So I'm very, I'd be very happy with that. I'd be very happy if I got $20 for them. Well, not now, not now that I've already gotten 105 And the only other one to um, 
really speak of um, was that magnetic stir that was the subject of the picture on uh, the last episode. I got $40 for that, which was the opening bid, which was about what I thought I'd get for it. I priced it at $40 because I, I noticed that a lot of people would buy these things, but not very often. There wasn't a demand for them. People weren't fighting over them. So I wanted to start the price somewhere near what I would really want to get for it because there might only be one person. So if I started at $10, there might only be one person looking for a magnetic stirrer that day. And, you know, and then I'm SOL. But that's that. That's pretty much all the, the eBay I've got for this time. But uh, um, now I'll describe my Adventures Friday, which was turning into a slow um, garage selling day for sure. The, the, the garage sales were few and far between and with slim pickings. Everybody running the garage sales was friendly and the, the good sign was they were all, um, uh, I call them old lady garage sales, which means it's a real garage sale most of the time. These are the garage sales where everything is 25 cents, 50 cents. Some things are even five and 10 cents. And uh, those are the awesome ones. Because a lot of times the old ladies, they'll have antiques and they'll way overprice those, but I'm not even interested in that stuff. I'm, I'm interested in other stuff. But the first garage sale we went to, I don't know if it was the first or second, it was one of the first garage sales we went to was in this uh, um, uh, middle-aged woman's garage. Uh, she was probably younger than me and she had a, had a kid who was maybe about six years old, seven years old. And um, it was uh, my friend my next door neighbor Scotty who was driving me around and uh, we walked in we we're looking over the stuff but it was mostly like little kid stuff and nothing too exciting and I go to pick something up on this one fold out table and what comes whipping out from uh, underneath it but a black widow uh, it was a black widow spider it was a small black widow spider but you know I was looking at it and, I'm, and at first I you know my first thought was wow, that spider looks a lot like a black widow. And then as I looked at it closer and put my head down, I'm like, that is a black widow spider. So I told the lady, probably want to kill this. And she didn't want to go near it. So she got me a nice piece of cardboard and and I uh, exterminated a black widow and didn't end up buying anything at that garage sale. So then it turned out that... Um, now yeah, we were driving around, we were going the usual route because according to Craigslist, which sometimes I use as kind of a meter of where the action is, I mostly use Craigslist to find like neighborhood garage sales, but um, it looked like my usual haunt was about where I should be going. So we were there, but uh, not, not much happening at all. Uh, the first bad sign is we sort of got cock blocked on the main drag that drives along Lake Ontario to get us there because the Boy Scouts had it all blocked off for a soapbox derby. And this is a main thoroughfare and we, we, we pulled up there and there's nothing going on and I'm like, wow, they just closed this off on a Friday. <laughs> so we had to drive all the way around it and, yeah, you know, grass shelling has been really good lately. So I'm not going to sweat a slow day, you know, so whatever. I'm enjoying just sort of hunting around and we're still finding them, but not a lot of stuff. I got like just weird, weird stuff. I got some neat books on um, 
woodworking and stuff. Um, there were actually books that my dad had had that I'd sold for him that I remembered, oh, this book goes for good money or whatever. I got a weird eco-cork yoga block, which is just basically, it's the size of like one of those cardboard bricks you play with when you're a kid, you know, those big building block bricks, but it's made of cork and somehow you use it in yoga exercises. And that was like a buck, so I figure there's, and it's brand new, it's in foil with all its packaging on it. Um, just weird stuff, like I think, um, these two washcloths I got are vintage, but I have no way, they have no identifiers on them at all, but they look old, but they also, if they're old, they're in, she kept them in, they're in great shape and they're very white, I can't tell what they are, but they look good, but that was at an old lady garage sale, so they were like 10 cents, and I got, um, patterns, sewing patterns for a bunch of, like, kids' costumes, like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, those were, again, 10 cents a piece, but... After a while and after lunch and a little discussion over lunch about what we should do, I decided to go into uh, someplace I haven't been in a while, but I've been planning to get there. And it's a section of the this, this surrounding area of Rochester that my roommate always referred to as Super Weirdo Land. And it is. We've, that's where I've been to some of the weirdest, most bizarre garage sales. Um... That's where I went to a garage sale and an old Hispanic lady insisted that I was a dead ringer for country singer Kenny Chesney. And uh, if you go and look up a picture of Kenny Chesney <laughs> and then go look up a picture of me, you'll see why they call it Super Weirdo Land. Well, anyway, we were try trying to get to Super Weirdo Land, but I hadn't brought my map. I was ill-prepared, and I, and I wasn't sure exactly how to get there from where we were except for the general direction that we had to travel. So we stopped at a gas station, got directions how to generally get there and started heading, you know, on the the main road that was going to take us to Super Weirdo Land. And um Scott noticed a sign for a garage sale or it was a household sale it said. And uh, he's like household sale here. Okay, so we turn in and we're driving around sort of a little suburban um you know, maze, trying to find out where this place is. And I keep seeing the signs, and the signs are like computer clip, very feminine looking. It looked like basically we might be going to like a Mary Kay Cosmetics trap or something where you go in or somebody's got their, their crafts that they did and used to sell that were really awful or their candles that, they, that they've had in their basement for 20 years from their candle making business or something. So... I w and when we got there, it was weird. It was there's a house, no markings on it, and you know a sign pointing at it. So we were like, okay, well let's go and see what's going on. So we get near the house, and you could hear thump 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 of people walking around. So I'm like, all right, so it's it's an estate sale of some sort or something because there's people wandering out from room to room looking at all the stuff, and uh, so we go in. What's the first thing I see? but a table full of old vintage 50s, neat looking 50s toys and games. They're all priced $40, $50, $60. A lot of like race car games with propelled race cars. And, and I'm thinking these might be actually good prices on these. I have no idea and I'm not gonna, I can't risk that much money on stuff like that. 
And I turn around, and the next thing uh, Scotty points out, he goes, Look, you're all porn. Bing, I look down, there's $150 for a whole pile of old 8mm movies that just say assorted Euro porns. And of course, I have to open one up and I'm unreeling it. And, you know, there's little old ladies running around and stuff. And I'm, well, I can't quite make out what it was dirty. I saw body parts, but I wasn't sure what's going on. But, you know, this is what it was obviously like 50s or 60s era. I don't know if German porn was the same as German porn is, has a reputation to be. I wouldn't know anything about it these days, but, you know, I'm thinking it was supposed to be extra spicy because it was Euro porn. So now my interest has peaked in this, um, this sale. Now I'm thinking, oh, there's something special going on here. So we round a corner, and there's one of my um, local competition. I'm one of the few people that I'm afraid of getting to a garage sale ahead of me, Dick Storms. He's the owner of a record store here, and he his record it's a record store, but you know, he sells used stuff and vintage stuff. And he know he he knows what he's looking for. So he'll clear a place out of everything awesome and cool. But it also told me that all those toys hanging out over there probably weren't worth it or they would have all been in his pile by then. But he was on his way out, and he looked like he only had a painting in his hand. And uh, to say the man is overweight is a little, is being kind. So I often know that maybe sometimes the upstairs in the basement might not be, uh, might not be touched because, you know, the stairs. <laughs> so... Uh, Scott and I go down in the basement and the first thing we see is over in one corner these guys had a tiki bar all of a sudden I'm like swingers 70s swingers house porn movies upstairs down here the tiki bar had um, 60s play 1967 playboy calendar hanging on it and uh, you know all these you know mod mixing guides and you know preparing these and so and then a, a corner full of records that were all swinging mood stuff and German um, body and dirty, dirty songs. So they probably would hang out down in the basement, have some drinks at the tiki bar. It was probably all mood lit down there, play, play some swanky music, all very Austrian powers like. So I'm all of a sudden in anthropology mode and going, this is awesome. Plus they had some coconut monkey heads there which are one of my favorite things in the world they had some very unusual like vampire pirate coconut monkey heads that were not for sale unfortunately so then we decide we'll head upstairs and we go into the book room upstairs where they have all the books and magazines and all of a sudden all my radar just starts deep, 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 deep going off something's something's up here there's good stuff in here first thing my eyes fall on is a big box that says big box of American porn $50 and then below it you know $50 big box of European porn alright I'm psyched man um <laughs> I start looking through the, the American porn was basically Playboy magazines from the 60s with a few occasional 80s video guide magazines and hustlers which if God has ever created a better magazine in the world than Hustler Magazine, I don't know what it is. So all of a sudden I'm thinking, 
yeah, I'm taking the, the box of Playboys and Hustlers for 50 bucks. And Scott starts noticing that in the bookshelf, there's a lot of Christian books, like the Left Behind series, a lot of porn novels from the 60s, which are awesome, and UFO books, you know, the standards, Eric Von Daniken and books on um, Atlantis and all that stuff. So I start, so I'm like, okay, I'm going through these books with a fine tooth comb and ended up, yeah, let me pull them up here. I got Two Men from Eden, which is a religious book that looks like it was sent from, you know, like call up our TV ministry and we'll send you this book about how there were actually two atoms and one was maybe an unsuccessful atom or something. I don't know. It's somebody's crackpot theory on Adam. Um, Battle for the Planet of the Apes by De David Gerald, which isn't really rare, but it's awesome. You know, the adaptation of the movie. Uh, awesome cover of apes with rifles on it. Um, a little um, sort of porn, not porn, but like raunchy comic digest called um, Joker that has pictures in it that with a little bit of TNA in the pictures, black and white pictures. It's great. It's got... um. If anybody's familiar with the illustrator Bill Ward, it's got a lot of Bill Ward um, cartoons in it. And two porn novels. The first one, uh, The Fraternity Initiation, which I will read a passage from in a few minutes. And the second one, Our Man from Sadisto by Clyde Allison, which turned out to be the find of the day. I uh, I looked it up on, on eBay, on Amazon, and another website that's good for books called a books a b e like in Abe lincoln books and uh apparently it's a uh it's a parody of 007 he's secret agent 0008 um i'll read the back meet secret agent 0008 the most talented and irresistible killer in the free world follow him as he embarks on the most dangerous mission of his career to ravage his way through a hundred of through hundreds of pretty girls at the lair of a madman. Thus might the world be saved by our man from Sadisto. And um, apparently this, this, this book can go up to, like in great condition, can go up to $200. So I'm, I, I, was, I read the first chapter, and it's, it's bizarre. Um, it's bizarre. It, 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 the the protagonist is in the secret su super secret um or U united states organization government organization where they live in an underground faculty and uh his boss sends him a woman along with this little box that controls her sexual arousal he has sex with her but then she dies of too much too much sexual arousal and he dumps her body down through a hole in the floor where he hears a splash, then he hears a meat grinder <laughs> grinding her up. Because apparently this happens all the time. So far I read the first chapter, and the only two women in it both ended up dead in just sort of random things. So I think that's going to be the theme of this. And later on we'll find out why this book is a little bit disturbing when you associate it with the owner of the house. The other is The Fraternity Initiation by Aaron Phillips which is a straight up looks like a you know a dirty dirty book from the the 60s or 70s it has the sort of plain wrapper look and and a and a dirty dirty drawing on the front of um 
men and women in their underwear and the, and with naked parts, but tastefully. Um, this one is pure. The man from Sadisto seems to try to be have a layer of satire in it. This is straight up porn, but it's written in that super, you know, um, I'm getting paid by the word style, and I've got my thesaurus, my dirty thesaurus next to me. So I have, um, I have selected a, um, a um, especially nice section of the um, story to read for you today. Um, warning, not for the children. <clears throat> All right, this is the Fraternity Initiation by Aaron Phillips. Page 83, Chapter 7. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, he yelled as her cuntal lips slipped over the long length of his driving penis, and he felt the rubbery tip reach the furthest depths of her smooth, wet vagina, kissing her hidden cervix with its tiny, leaking slit. Her thighs were squeezing at his side at the same time crushing the breath from his lungs with a vice-like grip. Christ, she was fabulous. Insane with desire, the greatest fuck he'd ever had. And she belonged to him. She loved him, wanted him more than anything, wanted to give him everything, every pleasure, every sexual joy they could ever invent together. He owned her and would demand it from her from now on. Every time he could get his cock into her fiery cunt, he'd fuck her like this. Wild and untamed. Oh yes, goddammit. Oh fuck yes. Later on, when our protagonist Jerry is, um, is taking the virginity of a young fraternity sister, they actually use the word ARG. They spell it out like a pirate. It's, uh, it's wonderful. So, I got my, st- my stash and, uh, and this was towards like three o'clock, and so this thing had gone on all day, and nobody had picked up all this porn. So down I go and uh, plop the <laughs> plop the box down, and the guy behind uh, the you know where where you go to pay goes, ah, I see you got the porn. And I'm like, that's right, couldn't let it go. And then I start saying, you know, we've been trying to figure these must have been some really interesting people who lived here. I I'm really. Um, curious about what sort of stuff you know walked out the door in the morning here and he's just like oh well all the good stuff all that got taken by the family let me tell you but uh according according to the guys doing the estate sale the owner of the house was a former hitler youth who had taken to learning languages so well and learned four languages so fluently that he now i don't know if he was a a translator for hitler or whatever but um they described it as he was Hitler's guy. So he was somehow translating for Hitler, working for Hitler, and then after the war um, was brought to, um, or came to America and lived here. And apparently <laughs> had swinging house parties or had a swinging house anyway. And that's why that man from Sadisto story is a little bit disturbing because it's, it's there's a lot of, like sex and then women getting killed and ground up into hamburger and and pumped out a tube into the Potomac. But anyway, I'm running way past my time, which, you know, it's the it's the porn episode, so of course it had to run a little long and thick. So um just remember, go to our website, two true freaks 
Patreon.com and uh, sign up for our RSS feed and subscribe and see what's what's happening. Um, find us on Facebook. You can uh, go to iTunes and subscribe to the Two True Freaks 2 feed. And while you're there, you might as well give us a review, too, because that always helps people notice us. What else? When you're at our website, use the Amazon link to go do all your Amazon duty on, and uh, we get a little kickback on that. And if you want to see my eBay auctions, um, go to go to twotruefreaks.com and go to the Garage Sale Gloat page, and there'll be a link in all the descriptions to the shows to my um, my eBay page, and you can check that out. So until next time, uh, we'll see you then. finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.